Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey folks, what you're about to hear is an interview recorded live in front of an audience during one of our PodMax events. And during PodMax, attendees get to experience speaker training, networking, and being interviewed on podcasts, plus these conversations with powerful thought leaders from major brands like VaynerMedia, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Shark Tank. During these convos, our keynote share ideas, solutions, and sometimes work and collaborate with our community. If you like what you hear and you got something out of this episode, please share with a friend. And if you want to know more about PodMax, please go to podmax.co and sign up for the next one. Now let's get into this conversation at Podmax. We're going to welcome David Meltzer back. For those of you that were with us last time, last month, you know that David provided this uh, keynote hour as well. But then we focused on him as a person and just offering value and having him just drop his knowledge in so many ways that he does. And the last part of that, we introduced the the pitch. He has this great new show entering season two called Two Minute Drill. It's on Amazon Prime and other outlets where you can view it. And uh, we realized that that little chunk of time we took last time getting some people to sort of on the spot step up and pitch David inside of two minutes by the clock uh, and get some feedback on uh, from David on that, which is what he does on the show, was very valuable. So we're like, why don't we bring him back and dedicate the hour to this? So in just a few moments, we're going to start that section with him where the first 10 or 15 minutes is going to be dedicated to him just explaining to us and outlining and detailing for us what makes a good pitch, what are some best practices, what does somebody like him look for, what are some traps that we should consider, what are the elements of a great pitch that he's seen, so we know how to go forth and do it. And then we have a list of some of you who have already raised your hand and said, yes, pick me. I want to pitch. We are going to have back to back to back, you guys stepping forward. And on the clock, we're going to have a two-minute clock, just like the way it works on his show, Two Minute Drill. Uh, There's a countdown clock to zero, and you must get your pitch in concisely in that time. So some of you are going to do that, and then David's going to give you feedback. To make matters even better, somebody in the room who pitches David is, by the time our time with him ends, he's going to award one of you a spot on Two Minute Drill. 
it's now recorded virtually. So he's in studio with his uh, celebrity guest judges and and uh, 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 people who give you the feedback. Um, but the the contestants, which you will be, is done virtually. But it's perfect because it's fifty thousand dollars in cash and prizes plus a whole host of exposure and who knows what else. So he's going to award somebody in the room that today. So. Pretty cool, right? You guys up for that? If you haven't already raised your hand and now you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to, to, to do this, let us know in the chat. Let Ashley know and we'll get you on the list and we'll get through as many of these as we have time. This, this worked out so wonderfully well last time. We gave zero uh, folks in the community a heads up and uh, Rhino Julie completely crushed it. And, um, you know, now she's joining David on some programming. Um, so don't be afraid. You know, we do have people on the list that have prepared, but then we have people who were in the room last time that were not prepared and David still appreciated it and uh, wanted to connect but one of the things I wanted to highlight um, outside of what's about to happen is uh, we failed to mention that the tool set that we're working with Shelly on is called Ultra Speaking. And what we want to do <clears throat> is keep piling stuff into this package that you guys are going to uh, join us with is if you go to podmax.co slash day of, and it's not listed there, I don't think, but it, we will include a Correct. month access to Ultra Speaking. So you'll be able to access all of the things that Shelly uh, showed us and highlighted and more. There are tons more tools or there's a, there's a community there as well that we completely vibe with. And um, we just wanted to give everyone a taste of what Ultra Speaking can do and what it does do for us. Uh, so that will be included along with the weekly meetups that we're having uh, together as the PodMax fam every Tuesday. We're going to have the ticket, obviously, <clears throat> to April 16th. So you'll get in the door again and, you know, hopefully we'll all be together. And then we have the dream 100 coaching campaign. So man, we jam packed as much as we possibly could. And I'm hoping that everyone here understands and realizes that's, 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 that's something that um, I think is going to be well worth its weight in, in, in Bitcoin. So, uh, <laughs> ah, you like that? Yes, most of us are following along. <laughs> or ethereal, whatever. Ethereum, yeah. whatever. Or Doge, if you're a, a Doge. Uh, go with Doge. Yeah, we'll go with Doge. Go. Like um, or or, Elon, right? Or Tether. We can go with Tether. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, as we're uh, getting ready for the top of that segment, let's uh, bounce around to some people here. Uh, Chaz, you've been recording with people. How has that been going? You've been uh, telling your story and in, in some other Yeah, things. no, it's it's been great. In fact, I feel like even today I've been able to tell it a little bit better just being the second time. And, um, you know, it's probably like my seventh or eighth or ninth show now. So I'm getting I'm getting the hang of it. I'm getting the rhythm of, of uh, who I am. It's kind of funny that you have to get the rhythm of who you are, your story, you know, and, and things progress, you know, in your business, oh. in your life. And uh, you realize the different angles of your story that uh, that matter. Here's what I like about somebody like you, besides the beard, which is all kinds of things. Um, but uh, seriously, you, you're, what we've noticed uh, having done this event many times is we're attracting people like you who are uh, successful and up and running in their own right as a business person, right? Like you have that down. That's not the problem, right? But... Yeah. 
you've been on single digit shows, especially when you first came to us, even less because you've been on three uh, right. last time and three more today. So it, it's just amazing that even somebody like you, as successful as you are in business, this whole piece has been missing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, it was just meant to be that uh, I found PodMax, you know? So I think everybody kind of knows or has a feeling that podcasting is like a thing, you know? Um, mm. It's just a matter of how it gets incorporated into their business, into their story. And like I spoke earlier about the the work that you guys are doing with me just to to get that out. Um, sure. It's really like the missing piece. Like it, for me, it really was. And, and it's not just about getting new business because um, there's lots of things that we do to get new business. It's just, you have to have all these different things going on at the same time. And not that you try to be spread thin. It's just as a marketer or as a business owner, you have to be multifaceted. You have to have a lot of things filling up your pool. And that's just the smart way to do business. You don't want to just hone in on one thing. So that, that, that's why, that's why I found PodMax. That's who actually I was referred to a guy who had been to a couple and he said, yeah, you got to check out Eric and uh, Josh and what they're doing with PodMax. Oh yeah. So, so thank you for, for that. And, yeah. um, and, and if we don't need any, any more reasons to, uh, to be on shows and, um, and have our own shows, I'm currently re recruiting, uh, for a new, for a position at our company and a kid that I met yesterday, very talented. Um, and he was interviewing with other agencies, sent me a message this morning and said, Hey Todd, your podcast and the video that you sent me really resonated with me. And I'd like the opportunity to help out with what you may need. Would you be blah, 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 blah. So to help me stand out in the recruiting side of things, like Chaz, you just said about sales and marketing, which is where our heads always go. But what about when it comes to recruiting people and, yeah. you know, sh shining out, being the lighthouse for a players and talent, um, you know, being able to, put our message out and show who we are as people and our perspectives on things. Uh, it, it just helps attract, like we always say it attract helps us attract great people that we're going to vibe with. Um, and I think what we've never really talked about is from a recruiting perspective. Yep. Awesome. Great perspective. Thank you for that. Thank you guys. Um, well, it's official. David Meltzer has arrived. So good <laughs> to see you, sir. Hey guys. How are you? David. Excellent. Welcome back. So good to have you. Oh, this is super cool. Thank you for having me back. Um, we've been talking um, all along uh, since we last parted, all weeks leading up to this. We are in pitch-focused mode, which is going to be the topic and theme. We know what we're doing here today. Uh, oh, from what I understand, today. you are you're getting ready, or um, you're getting uh, ready, getting ready to do your second season of Two Minute Drill. Is that where production's at? Yeah, we'll be filming in late March. Uh, and so we're looking for the winner today to be on the show. Uh, so Exciting. we'll be picking the winner. I'll be listening to the pitches, giving the best advice I can, hopefully to help you be on a TV show. But the one thing I like about Two Minute Drill is it's only about the pitch. So there's $50,000 of cash and prizes. There's great exposure on Amazon Prime, on Bloomberg. Wow. Of course, on the social side of things, it does even better than the network side. So we have Junior achievement you can win a junior achievement impact award which has 100 million alumni so they send it out in their email list so it's been a credible experience but my favorite thing is i got away from the funding of pitching which mm. is not realistic in two minutes and i just stick to hey this is how we stimulate interest this is how we share a vision in a very short amount of time which will only benefit you in real life so i finally came up with a concept that's real it's real life you, you either pitch or you don't 
don't. And, you know, there's no funding involved other than winning prizes. And some of those prizes are cash, which is nice. What I love about this and why we embraced even getting to this moment and having you last time at our last month's event was that I was reading all about it. And it seemed like coming from two different angles, we share the same mission and vision, uh, which is basically to help people share their message. How do how does that fit into what two minute drill is for you? Yeah, I think the pitch itself is being able to articulate value greater than you're asking for. And no matter what that is, eating broccoli, you want to raise money, you want some relationship capital, you want people to donate to your charity, whatever your pitch may be, that the process is, how do I effectuate articulating what I know inside my heart to exceed the value that I'm asking for? And I think that's what really comes down to helping people is, can I provide, can I convince you to allow me to provide you more than I'm asking for? In other words, a different effect of giving, you know, and even when we're just straight giving, you know, can I give you this? People's egos get in the way and we still have to articulate why we want to help somebody and give them something, even if we're not asking for too much back, what we're asking for back is the ability to help somebody. So it's really interesting to take the Things to a point where can I teach you, empower you to articulate the final step, articulate the value to be greater than you're asking for. I love that phrase. Um, so we're going to spend the first 10 or 15 or so minutes really having you just, just educate us on, from your point of view, the whole art of the pitch. Let's start with, as you pointed out, this isn't about asking for funding or investment. So on a big level, how do, what's the goal of that two minute? You know, number one is credibility. And I think people li literally, they pass over the most important part because think about this mathematically. If I was 100% credible in what I said, in all of your minds, if I had 100% credibility, mm -hmm. you would do whatever I asked. I can tell you all right now, wire me a million dollars tonight. On Monday, I'll wire you back $2 million. And if I was 100% credible, all of you would do it. You'd find a way to do it because there'd be no doubt. And what happens is we don't talk to the credibility. We're not practicing and utilizing a fine tooth comb to make sure that everything we say is as close to the truth as we can possibly articulate it. And so what happens is we say things that we don't mean or even intentionally that aren't true. And then what happens is we go down that big wormhole of finding more things that aren't true or our perspective changes and we're looking for things that aren't true that are actually true. I'll give you a little example, Josh. Yeah. Um, you know, someone gave me a pitch and they said, our revenue's up 300% this year. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, this guy's a liar or he's a, at least an overseller. And because in my mind, I'm like, if you have any significant revenue, you would say last year we had a million dollars. This year we have $3 million. We're up 300%. But the way that he said it, my mind went to, okay, you did a dollar last year. Now you're at $3 and you're trying to hype it and oversell it as 300% increase in revenue. Mm. Now my mind started listening to the rest of the stuff that he said that probably was true and I'm looking for where is he lying what's he overselling back end selling so instead of thinking I really want to do this I'm looking to see why I won't do this in other words we want to either find open minds and keep them opened or find open minds and at least limit the amount that they close by keeping our credibility there and I will tell you another aspect of 
pitching is making sure that we're talking with an open mind, a collaboration of ideas that it takes a thousand times the talent to pitch to someone with a closed mind that it does someone with an open mind. So if you don't have qualifying questions in the pitch in a personal situation, you can't do it on a TV show, but in personal, you know, I like to qualify the person I'm pitching to with one respect. How open is that mind? Because I know if there's a closed mind, I'm not going to pitch. It just, it's a waste of my energy, time, emotion, value, and money that I need to make sure that I'm talking to someone with an open mind. Uh, as we've been talking about the pitch these weeks, um, I, I find that I get a response from two different types of people. Those that say two minutes, oh my God, I need so much more time. And then there are the people that say two minutes, that's too much time. Uh, so so with that, what, what do we need to know somebody like you is looking for? What should slash must slash needs to be checked off in that two minutes bare minimum? Yeah, so that's why we pick two minutes because it's like martinis. One minute, yeah, this is why I say one martini is not enough, two is too many. So it fits right into there. One minute's not enough, two is too many for a lot of people. But there's five things. The first I already mentioned is credibility. Uh, so we want to make sure that we practice our pitches so that we're looking through a fine tooth comb of how people can find void shortages, obstacles, overselling, back end selling, manipulating or lying in what I'm saying, even if I'm trying and intentionally trying to be honest. Two, I think it's equally important. It's emotional attachment. People buy on emotion for logical reasons. It's amazing. I've even seen it on Shark Tank with Mr. Wonderful or whatever his name is. You know, there was one lady from Louisiana and I was crying when she was pitching, you know, like it was just this amazing story about someone dying and she gave her, and I'm like, and, and even Mr. Wonderful's like, look, I'm not sure this business is any good, but I'm gonna give you a hundred grand because he was emotionally attached. So I think it's really important to understand the emotional intelligence of people and talk to that. People buy on emotion for logical reasons, which leads to the third one, is to be able to articulate the quantifiable reasons why somebody should share your vision. And a lot of times we, we don't give the reasons why, we just assume that they are aligned with the reasons we think they should share our vision. The, the other one, the next one, the fourth thing is impact. Make sure that you talk about the impact that it has. Uh, not only will it illustrate who you are, but it will provide for alignment of a bigger concept than just a quantifiable value. If we can, you know, help to educate people on systematic racism or understand the environment or something that's truly impactful, not only will it give us credibility and emotional attachment, it'll add to the quantifiable value when it has a, an impact that's significant. And then finally, it's really understand your features and benefits aligned with the capabilities that you have, skills, knowledge, and desire. Too many people just throw around features and benefits, which you know, sometimes makes them lose credibility, lose emotional attachment, just, you know, dissolves the impact because they're just feature and benefiting dumping, hoping that something sticks. Uh, the analogy I would use if anyone speaks or has seen some of these, you know, clubhouses or Instagrams and someone is on there and they're like, I'll give you an example. What if I came on here and said, hey, everybody, you want to see elevate? You want to check me out on elevator pitch, two minute drill, the playbook, which is the number one podcast. Make sure that you check out my coaching as well and my books. I got four books and make sure that you go to my text messaging with community and whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, don't feature and benefit dump. 
Just go ahead and align the capabilities. Speak about the things that are most important, not just listing out all the things that are determinative on. And I would suggest that any feature or benefit you talk about in capability is aligned with either your credibility, emotional attachment, or a direct reason why somebody should share your vision. Absolutely incredible. So through these five things, I'm guessing that the the problem you solve and the solution in which you solve it is hidden somewhere within those. Yeah, you know, I'm a big rich dad, poor dad fan. So Sharon Lecter always says it best, right? There's either pro problem to solve or need to fill. That's why the pandemic's the entrepreneur's dream time because there's more problems and more needs than ever before. So if you're truly an entrepreneur, you should be super excited about being able to solve those problems and fill those needs. Hmm. And I know that um, from uh, looking into especially episodes of Two Minute Drill, you're big, obviously, on the ask. Some people get it in, some people don't, either due to time or they just miss the whole point. Um, and, and, and we've pointed out that the ask does not have to be, um, and we're looking for $100,000 in exchange for a 15% stake in our company. So what are some examples, in your words, of some good asks? Here's my favorite ask, and please write this down. This is a lifetime lesson, has nothing to do with the show. My favorite ask in the world that shows that you have a deeper understanding of how things get done is, do you know anyone that can help me? Do you know anyone that can help me? And the reason is, mm. is that so many people think that judges and, and business opportunities are, are led by gatekeepers. They're not. They're led by sponsors and power sponsors, people that are here to help you, that a tree has no branches. We're all connected. And it's your job to clear the interference between the branches so that we remember that we're connected. We recollect each other. We remember each other. And by doing so, having the mindset that we're all power sponsors and sponsors and articulating that through a very simple ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Especially today when we know somebody, so many more people, I can see there's a few people people that may even be as old as me, you know, when I was young and asked for help, I was lucky to get the card group, you know, the church group, the temple group, the golf club, you know, four or five people. I'll check with Harry. I'm like, how many times can you ask Harry to help me? You, you know what I mean? Like my dad knew one Harry, you know, today my 10 year old has a thousand followers that he could ask to help his dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally, huh? Yeah. Um, before we, uh, in just a few more moments, I want to actually start our version of the PodMax two-minute drill where we have a timekeeper, right? Rob, you're going to be keeping time because it is, we're going to replicate it, right? Two minutes to the second on the clock. Um, can you share with us either whatever comes to mind, uh, an example of one of the best pitches you've ever heard or one of the worst pitches you've ever heard and what made it so? I'll start with the best. Yeah. Uh, there's a young woman, and I think she was about 30, and she had extreme credibility, including she talked about how when she was 21 that she adopted two kids that were 12 and lost her relationship with her parents because her parents said they would disown her if she would adopt these two people. And then she talked about how she had all these other extraordinary experiences, including two exits, and then got to her current uh, business, which was very clear on what she was going to do. But I was so sold on the capabilities of the entrepreneur that she had to this day, the closest to a hundred percent credibility that I've ever met.
And I was like, yes, I don't, I don't even remember what you said about your company, but I know that if I give you a million dollars, you're coming home with two and I'm going to do okay. You'll figure it out whether that business you're talking about is going to work or not. That was, you had 10 years of explanation of your mind, body, and soul that was aligned with mine and a pure winner. So that was uh, my favorite pitch of all time. And I did invest in that and I've made a lot of money off of her. Um, I think we exited too quickly, uh, but that's the type of entrepreneur she was. Uh, the worst pitch, still my favorite, first season of Elevator Pitch. And we, we we didn't have the big set that we had as the, the future seasons went on. So you would use one elevator and they would have to, even if you sent them down, they'd have to walk out the front of the elevator in front of the judges after you just, you know, sent them down and ruined their dreams, right? Well, this guy, he had the most horrible pitch. I couldn't understand it. He stopped. He got emotional because he screwed up. He was like swearing at himself. And then when he came out of the elevator, he looked directly at me and he goes, you've just made the worst mistake of your life. We have $2 million of revenue already. You blew it and i looked at him and i said well you know what that sure would have been nice to know in your pitch you know this uh, guy had like a super i mean when i went back and did the due diligence on the company like it was the exact opposite i knew that other girl was going to win no matter what her company was this guy had an a company and he was a b or a c or a d leader and i was like i would not give you a penny even if you invented the tesla i don't care you're not taking a penny of mine and you're angry and mean which made it even worse <laughs> Uh, I love the excitement, the nerves, the energy, the anticipation in the chat. Um, one other, one more question. Um, what is the balance between the the difference between the um, entrepreneur's likability versus or parallel with the actual content and delivery of the pitch? Does one compensate for the other? Yeah, it does. And that's because of the way that we interact with each other. And so it makes it very difficult if you don't like someone to listen to the content. They lose credibility. If you don't oh. like someone, they lose that credibility where I love that. the benefit of doubt and the credibility lies within, you know, and we, we've seen this. Let me give you a quick example and then we can get on to the thing. Absolutely. Lee, Lee Steinberg. Uh, Lee Steinberg was a raging alcoholic. He's my mentor. He, it's a disease. And, you know, I felt so bad. But there be times where I was dealing with some of the most successful people in America, billionaires about buying a team or building a stadium. And literally for months, I would be working with these hyper complex issues with hyper complex people. And Lee Steinberg, who has this huge charisma, is one of these guys that you're talking about that you dislike. And that's why he's, you know, Jerry Maguire, because literally he just has this magic about him. I would do three months of work. He would walk in, sometimes still drunk, I think, and he would say, the like drunk like that. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I love Lee. He's amazing. He's the smartest guy I've ever met. Oh my God, we're going to do the deal. Oh, and I'm sitting there going, what about me? Like, I'm trying here. So I think there's a lot to be said about the likability or charisma of an entrepreneur, especially wow. according to the credibility of what they bring. And it goes a long way.
That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches, and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. We have our list. It is locked and loaded. Uh, so we'll just get through as many of these as we can. David, the way that we anticipate it working, and please let us know if this is it. Uh, we're going to have Rob, our official timekeeper, get two minutes on the clock. We're going to announce the uh, the entrepreneur who um, has prepared for this in some fashion or another. Um, and then um, they're going to have two minutes. They're going to go. Um, is there anything you need to, um, know or connect prior to them starting? Uh, I need someone from my team to bring me a piece of paper. I'm going to use my computer here because I just realized I got to pick a winner. I better take notes. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, so that's fair. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure I, you get that. But is there anything when we bring them up one at a time? Is there anything? How many, how many people are there? Cause I'd like to get to everyone and keep my comments to limit the time to make sure exactly. we can. Well, we've got about 45 minutes on the clock, um, until this segment ends. And yeah. we have, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven committed so okay good two we minutes have enough time. pitch and then we thought two to three minutes well we did that in 10 yeah that's later. good yeah yeah i'll go two and two most likely yeah so everyone will pitch for two minutes you'll give your two minutes of feedback maybe another uh sentence or so uh, and then then we'll just go right on to the next person perfect i love yeah. it thank you everyone for participating i know it's not easy so thank you do you want to give any other last words or insight or any setup <laughs> You know, one of the other things that we didn't talk about is the difference between pitching in person on the phone via email or media, uh, this multimedia. So don't be afraid uh, to remember that you can take advantage or be disadvantaged by the platform that you're using to pitch. So, uh, you know, we could be a negative by reading and just reading a pitch and there could be a positive by, you know, having notes hidden where I can't see and really getting some quick data that we never could be able to do in person. So just remember the platform that you're pitching on as well as a piece of advice, but specifically for the seven people now, you know, I hope you are well rehearsed, practice, ask, and use that multimedia that you've been given in order to effectuate providing and articulating more value than you're asking for. Absolutely perfect. Um, do you have your piece of paper yet? Are you ready? Yes, to I do. Head? Jake just brought it in. So we're is going that, old school. Is that Jake Fleshner? The absolute <laughs> Jake Fleshner. <laughs> it, it is really, I mean, come on. We love Jake. Jake. Yeah. Everyone loves Jake. He talked about, he's like Lee Steinberg, but sober. It's perfect. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have the pleasure of uh, every couple of weeks uh, connecting with him for he's setting amazing. up these things. Oh, 
obviously. Just so people don't know, he's one of my mentor's best friends and also recovered alcoholic. So, you know, he's wow. healed and we pray, I pray for him, but I did have to, you know, work for years in, uh, in, in very interesting times when you're dealing with someone that has that disease. Mm. So the first three, just so everybody's aware, we're going to get Amber, Josh McAllen, and then Chaz. Those are our first three, so prep for that. Uh, we're going to bring Amber Furman up first. Rob, are you ready on the clock, sir? So um, I guess when when the time hits zero, if she hasn't stopped, you'll you'll give us a, a sound, Rob. You'll let us know that literally. I mean, don't be you don't have to be kind about it, right? Kind, yeah, is yeah. Her, right? It's not like oh, she's finished. No, when it hits zero, we need a we need a buzzer. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let's um, let's uh, let's make it happen. We got Amber. Whenever you begin, your time will begin. I got David, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you today. I really appreciate it. I want to be able to talk to everybody who's listening who associates with the name Serial Accomplisher. And you may say, what is that? A Serial Accomplisher is everything I used to be. When I accomplish this, I'll be happy. When I accomplish this, I'll have everything that I need. A law degree didn't bring it. A six-figure income didn't bring it. What it actually brought was an identity crisis and anxiety therapy and a whole shattering of what my world should be. Imagine how amazing the world would be if everybody knew exactly why they were doing something and what they actually wanted. What did I think that six-figure income was going to bring me? It certainly wasn't money. I wanted respect. I wanted the, the happiness. I wanted the fulfillment that I thought it was going to bring me. This is why I designed the Design Your Life Mastermind. I'm a success architect who helps my clients design a blueprint for the life that they actually want to live and helps them understand how they put that together. Imagine if you were building a house and you just went out and started grabbing boards and nails and put those together. Would you have something you could actually live in? You can't do it without a blueprint. You can't do it without a team. You can't do it without a clear plan that you execute intentionally every single day. I want to change the world by helping other people who have tied their happiness to an external version of success and help them understand that they have the power to create the life they want. 12 weeks of content with me and experts that I've chosen based upon who is in each mastermind and a retreat in Vegas where we can get clear on what you want, why you want it, and how you're going to change the world. I'm asking for introductions to people who are ready to finally take control of the life they've always wanted. With seconds to spare, Amber. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> okay, I can stop shaking now. <laughs> Not only did you go first, but you did a wonderful job and uh, well-polished, very credible. You started exactly where I want someone to start. You just drew me in. I was saying, this is me. This is me. And I don't know if you knew all of my background, but you know, you just nailed it. Um, and, you know, talk about credibility, emotional attachment, where you can improve is I think there was a, some assumptions that you made in your pitch that someone knows what a mastermind is. Uh, you know, you took assumptions as well as 12 weeks, uh, 12 weeks of content, but I wasn't really sure if this was in person online or if the Vegas retreat was online. And then in the articulation of value, I think you could have improved as well of saying, you know, some of the context of 
although your uh, emotions are not attached to the sig figure outcome that by resolving these issues you're able to make more money and help more people and have more fun and just you know for this price or this guarantee you know i think you went far enough into understanding and asking for relationships the first question that people are going to ask me uh, as i introduce them to you because i love the concept is how much right and so the minute the word how much comes in now you have to hit that articulation of value of you know giving more than you receive by quantifying those tremendous uh capabilities that you have uh, and the guest speakers have, and the program has, and the mastermind has. And so the pitch itself, the performance of the pitch was phenomenal. You were close enough to the end of time. I always, I would love to have everyone finish right at two minutes, but if you're within the 10 seconds, that, that shows that you're well rehearsed. It just tells me you were probably a little bit excited. And so you did it faster than you were practicing, uh, which is common for everyone. It's kind of like throwing the first pitch out of a baseball game. Unless you're Warren Moon that, you know, has experience throwing in front of everyone, the general idiot here, you aim high. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I can congratulations. I will always give uh, the assessment of a perfect pitch, but that was a killer pitch, and, and you definitely would get to the next steps. Thank you. Ooh, brilliant. Thank you. Sharing his screen. Coming up next, get the timer ready, please. It is Josh McAllen. Ready when you are, sir. I'm getting my technology ready because I have studied Mr. Melcher's. Oh, you uh, got to do the uh, yeah the timer. Let us know when you're ready. Wait, wait, ready. One second. One second. Ready. Can you yep. guys see me all right? Yes, perfectly. Can you see a beautiful background behind us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. All right. All ready? yours. Yep. Go. David Melcher, great to be here with you. My name is Josh McCallan. I am a... Uh, extremely grateful to be here but I, you know some of us on the the podcast here today know that we are in the resort development business we go out and raise capital from families normal people good people across the whole country and we buy these types of properties that are legendary some of them are historic and some of them are great wineries and golf courses as well but the reason we're coming to you today and what I thought we could do together comes from a story. And basically my lovely wife, Melanie and I, we have a lot of kids. I think I've heard on your, you know, I don't know if you were joking when you said you had six siblings, but I'm not sure if that's a joke, but we actually, this is only seven of the 10 kids we have. Eric and Josh, no, uh, we actually have 10, but my lovely wife and I work together. And here's why everything about fundraising and raising capital for investing in private real estate matters so much. You know, what we're doing is what the wealthiest families in the world have access to. You know, the highest, highest percent of the top 1% can buy these types of assets that we showed you a minute ago and have trip double digit returns all the way up into the quarter percent, you know, 25 percentile, because we're buying privately. We're not, we're skipping Wall Street. There's no layers here. And the whole thing became very real to me when Melanie's lovely father, this is, the, this is Melanie's father at 17 when he joined the Air Force because, you know, Melanie was coming and he had to support his family. They, he said to me last year before he died, I love what you're doing because you're letting regular families own and I own nothing after 45 years of working. This is what it's like to own with us. We get together, we build a community together, and what we're doing is changing lives. So what I am hoping to talk to you about today 
is an idea we have to create an education platform. As a matter of fact, most of the people that invest with us didn't know they could own real estate this way. We have a paradigm. We would like to follow the Grant Cardone paradigm oh, and attract influencers. Time. Sorry, buddy. Awesome, I wanted to man. get to the influencers. And that's I was awesome. going to ask you, who do we know that can bring more people to understand how to own real estate collectively? Beautiful. So this is a great learning experience because A plus on the technology. I, this is what I love to see people that have taken the time and said, I have an opportunity because of the pandemic to do things virtually. I might as well take advantage of something I could never do in person. And I thought the A plus, it was amazing. It added to everything that you said. Um, I think you just had to simplify what you were saying. You, you, it may just be, be nerves, but I, I think a lot of times we want to put too much into our pitch instead of remember that our goal is to articulate value greater than that, what we're asking for. And I kind of gathered where we were at and what you were doing, which is an exceptional idea. So the way I see it, utilizing the technology and the pictures that you had was something more like, let me give you a little bit of background. I come from a family like yours, you know, instead of, I don't know if it's six, right? Look, I have five siblings. I grew up with six kids, single mom, yeah, poor my go. mom, right? right? There it is. So I, I know you came from a large family. We don't have to get into some 20-second thing about how many kids I have. But I think if you just start out saying, hey, I know you came from a big family. I got 10, oh. right? I got, I, I got 10. And this is my uh, wife's dad. He was 17. And this is where, and then, there's these opportunities that existed in the past that only were available for the Rockefellers, for the Vanderbilts. They were only available to, and what's happening today, Dave, is that that class is growing and the middle class is shrinking. How can the middle tech take advantage of being a Rockefeller Great or Vanderbilt? stuff. <laughs> right? How can it take, and th think about the story and the lessons that you have, and then you just grab it and you, you know, that close is great, right? Do you know anyone that could help us? That's a perfect close, but you just tried to pack too much of what wasn't important into the pitch. And if you just would have stuck to what you know, one of the pieces of advice for everyone is remember, you pitch much better if you were just doing it off the top of your of your head. Now we can't do that in two minute drill. There's lights, fasting, et cetera. But you wanna have the content as if it was coming and you were telling me the story. If I just said, hey, Josh, what do you do? You know, what, what is there, your, you know, what are you doing today? And you said, dude, I got a great deal. It's only available in the past from the Rockefellers, but because of this, this is what we're able to do. And the returns are discussed. Have you ever owned a luxury uh, piece of real estate, Dave? And I have, right? And it's getting easier. Those are the places I like to be because the rich have more money now and there's only so much property. You know, I always say the reason I bought my beach property, there's nothing between me and the water. They can't build. It's like, a, it's why football teams, why Bomber's a genius when everyone says he's an idiot for buying the Clippers for 2 billion. And I said, what other asset could you be guaranteed would be worth 4 billion 20 years from now? Yeah. Right? Because there's only 30 some teams. Anyway. Uh, great job, great lessons, and uh, I, I love the background. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Coming up next, the next handful are Chaz, Sally, and Julie on deck. Uh, so right now, we got Chaz Wolf. The floor is yours. All right. Let me get my calculator here. 
<laughs> All right, David, nice to meet you. My name is Chaz Wolf, and my company name is Bulletproof Coaching. Okay, and so with Bulletproof Coaching, we help professionals, uh, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, those in leadership wanting to grow in leadership skills, be at the top of their game. We also help them press in when it's hard and truly become bulletproof. All right, so uh, we do that through one-on-one uh, coaching. We do it through courses. We do it through mentorship, group coaching, master classes, so forth and so on. So my ask today is for connections. But before I jump into that, I want to tell you a story, a little bit of snippet of my story of me becoming bulletproof. Okay, so I grew up single mom family, and we never went without like the basics. But my mom worked two and three jobs forever, like still today, right? And so watching her pull herself up and me and my sister by like her own bootstraps really was me experiencing what it was like on the inside to uh, be resilient or to have a bulletproof mindset, right? And so even though I may have had maybe less than some of my other friends growing up or, or even some people, even when I was um, uh, an older young man, but younger than I am now, uh, but there was still this, this, this impeding thing that, that stuck with me from her of never quit. You can do whatever you want, go after it. Right. And so that was for me, the bulletproof mindset. And so I started working when I was in uh, 12 years old, I started working in construction. Uh, my entrepreneurial journey started then as well, uh, a lawn care business. And so all that to say that there has been several things along the way, whether it be a successful sales journey, um, millions of dollars that I've made in sales myself, or millions of dollars that I've made in my own companies. I started my own company when I was 24 years old, bought a franchise, and we've developed several things out since then. But there's been struggles along the way that I have been able to come forth and bring forth a story. And so out of that, we want to then turn the corner and be able to help entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and those learning leadership skills to be able to become bulletproof in their own right and in their own way to be able to bring results. That is your time. Nice. This is a classic pitch because you have so much credibility and so much capability and you literally did not concisely describe what your capabilities and credibility are. Let, okay. let me give you an example. I think the best way to critique this pitch. <clears throat> I have bulletproof. Uh, what I'm asking for is I, I need relate whatever your ask was in the yeah. very front or in the very back. Yeah. I've created bulletproof coaching from my personal journey. I grew up a single mom, six kids used to pack her my dinner in a paper bag. And what I learned from my mom was not only work ethic, but how resilience and this lesson and that lesson. And then I ended up graduating law school and I became the top salesperson in nine months. I was a millionaire. I parlayed that through these lessons into being a multimillionaire and the lessons I learned about sales, about understanding how to ask open-ended questions, how to do this, how to do. See, you didn't tell your story in a linear fashion. Yeah. And then you didn't teach the lessons to us that you learned that had the value that you've instituted in bulletproof coaching. Yeah. And you, because you kind of glossed over what bulletproof coaching was, I would have just liked to hear bulletproof coaching is your normal coaching practice for sales professionals or high, you know, high net worth, whatever it's for. So I think organization is the key to your pitch. You have yeah. all, I, I know from what you were saying, there's pieces and parts there that you're very credible and you have great capabilities of teaching yeah. how to sell and make more money, help more people and have more fun or yeah. whatever those lessons are. And I would just pick in two minutes, usually three lessons or three capabilities are plenty to fill two minutes. I appreciate all of that. And just as a feedback as well, like 
Um, I didn't try to rehearse this too much just because obviously I, I've done speaking before and I try to just go off of what you were saying off the cuff. And what I did write down, I did say in two minutes when I practiced it. So it's interesting that it didn't happen, um, you know, live. Yeah, you did say it faster. I, in, for me, I would have written it down in chronological order, the lessons that you learned and then applied them to the yeah. business, how you learned them, because that got confusing uh, to yeah. me. But the good news is you have everything it takes to get what you want. And yeah. with uh, you have the easy work to do, which is polishing that up to tell the yep. story in a more chronological and logical way. I appreciate that. Thank you. Great job, Chaz. Thank you. All right. And I was just posting in the chat a response from Corey. He says, we need the replay of this hour. Uh, in fact, everybody in the room will get a replay of every segment of today, including, of course, this hour. So count on that. Moving right along, we have Sally Wolf coming up. The floor is yours. Hi, David. What if we could light up our lives as easily as we can light up our screens? I am the creator of Lightworks, and what I do is to ignite, amplify, and help spread light, inner light, mine, yours, and everyone with whom I am lucky enough to work. I do this through teaching positive psychology, which is really the science of human flourishing. I teach it in workshops at companies and schools, through my public speaking, through writing, through sharing personal moments from my own life, which included an undergraduate degree, summa cum laude from Harvard, two masters from Stanford, and then after 20 years in the corporate world at companies you would recognize, a diagnosis of cancer. Not once, not twice, but three times. Metastatic breast cancer, which has taught me more about life than any of those professors, those Nobel Prize winners at all of the schools that I mentioned. And it's given me the gift, the opportunity of learning to find my own resilience and to share it with the world. And so I am very much hoping that you will help me to find others who like me want to light up the world, who recognize the importance of learning these skills of learning how to, with our minds, be more positive, of recognizing the importance of breath and movement and all of that good stuff in our bodies so that we can move through the world and really light it up in the important ways that we are meant to as human beings. And I thank you very much for your time and for listening to this pitch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, I see. That was awesome. I made click clap. Um, so I loved it. I, 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 I love the story. I, I think, you know, not everyone has all that credibility, but if you have it, it was a wonderful way to be humble while you told that story. And it was almost, I, I, I like the fact that there's a buildup when you came off very strong uh, in the pitch that, you know, I went to Harvard, I went to Stanford, I have this, I have this. And then all of a sudden it was like, pow, I got cancer once, twice, three. And you went through this revelation, these lessons that you've learned that about light, about the mind, body, and soul and the light that you have. And you want to share that story and those lessons with people. Um, 
And I think that's a really powerful way to pitch. And you had the cadence, you had a couple notes and you used them wisely. The technology, I could just barely, just because I do this all the time, I could see your eyes just barely move down. Uh, you're much better than me on my first uh, se season of uh, Elevator Pitch where like a cheesy game show, I mean, a, a two-minute drill, cheesy game host show. I'll never use the teleprompter again after watching how horrible it is, but I'm gonna be more natural myself, so I'm a hypocrite for even saying this. Um, but mo most importantly, Sally, you know, I, I think it, it was, as far as a pitch goes, terrific. I Improvements, I always like to tell someone, you know, for, for me, you could have used, you know, technology like Josh used, but we all don't have that and in, in it's only this pitch competition. Um, but I don't know a lot about the actual business of sharing that light, you know, in, in, you know, is it 12 weeks of this or that? So that you had a little bit of time that you stalled with a slower cadence of speech, thanking me for the ability to pitch. I would have liked, there's about 20 seconds, I think, in your cadence that you could have used to talk about the pro programmatic way that you're going to share the light and empower other people to share the light. But like I said, I'll give perfection uh, anytime. Uh, I can't reach it when I pitch. Uh, that was just a really good pitch and you utilize many of the components that I talked about. So congratulations. Thank you. Wow, the comments are just uh, extraordinary. Um, rounding out our list, we have Julie, Steve, and the Biz Bros. That'll round it out. So let's move it right along. We have Rhino, Julie, the mic is yours. Hi, David. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I am Rhino Julie, and I own the Rhino Gyms in Las Vegas. And I started them 16 years ago when I was 65 pounds heavier and just absolutely miserable. And my team and I made it through the last recession. You know which one I'm talking about. We made it through COVID, but the coolest thing about COVID is it allowed us to pivot online. And oh my goodness, I am in love with the online space, but I have to tell you, I am a baby in the online space. I am struggling. I have big dreams. My gyms are still going. But what I love about it is I can help so many more people. Like how cool is that? And today I am asking you for connections to podcast hosts with entrepreneur and business audiences why do you want, why do I want to talk to entrepreneurs and business audiences? I'm glad you asked. It's so I can spread my message to busy entrepreneurs on how they can increase their ROI by taking care of themselves. And I teach them how to do it without taking away time from their business or their family. So here's the bigger story. I'm a 20-year entrepreneur who's been in the hospital four times from not taking care of myself. And most of those years were spent just completely stressed out in a fog. You know what I'm talking about, that anxiety that can pile up. And when I started taking care of myself from the inside out, the fog lifted. I have energy all day. I love everyone. Didn't think that would be a side effect of self-care, but it's been so fun. I know you have it too, right? And I just wanted to fix the problems that were in my business when I took care of myself. So we went from $150,000 in debt with the gyms to actually pulling my business out of the hole, winning this award for being a gym owner that was awesome or something like that. And what I'm asking you for today is those connections to those podcast hosts and any advice you have to a baby little online entrepreneur just starting. Mm, wow. To the wire. You guys are, this sucks for me because you're making it so difficult. I'm going <laughs> to take a caveat because I got two more people before. 
if you're not chosen to win, you better apply still. So get the link uh, to still. You're, you're not separated out from the chance to be on the show just because you didn't win here because there's some really good pitches. Uh, all of you, uh, please apply uh, because it would be possible for all of you. You're all good enough to be on the show. I just want to say that so wow. far. So please uh, apply if you don't win uh, because this is incredible. Julie, <laughs> you carry 120. And I teach people to articulate $100 worth of value and ask for 20 back. That's the idea of it. Uh, but some people just carry the energy that you didn't even have to listen to her. Uh, her being is aligned with what she teaches and, and what her business is and her ask. But what you utilized uh, in your pitch, which was extremely important, was vulnerability. Uh, one of the most credible things you can do in a pitch, like Sally as well, right? Just tell the truth and, and the vulnerability about, Hey, you know, we're this much in debt and I didn't know what I'm doing and I still don't know what I'm doing. And I need your help because this is what people know. They know you don't know what you don't know and that nobody knows everything and that they want to feel valuable to you uh, when you're pitching them. Remember Ben Franklin's autobiography. The best thing you can do is ask for help. Why? Because you become an investment of that person and you just, I mean, you just, you didn't have to talk your energy for someone who wants to have, you know, inner strength and, and value. I just, that's the kind of pitch you, you can't teach because it carried the energy. And I almost lost track of what you were saying because you spoke, you know, if I uh, define that pitch, it's just, I am. And, uh, you know, that, that's what you represented, uh, Julie, uh, to improve a, a little bit, get a little bit more on why the content or the podcast of getting those executives, what you would do with them, or I don't know if you want to expand in franchise or, you know, get more online participants. I think a little bit more, I mean, I'm going for perfection now for everyone, but a little bit more on kind of what that online program, because I'm more than happy to help you. Uh, but I don't know what these guys are going to do when they fall in love with you, uh, you know, in your business, how they can help. So that'll be my only addition uh, uh, as well. Congratulations. And thank you all for setting the bar so high. Thank you wow. so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. And thanks for the feedback. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And let's not lose what uh, David said. Did I hear you correctly? That everybody should go over to dmeltzer.com slash pitch and apply to be uh, chosen for the show. That is fantastic. And that goes for everybody. Yep. Everyone, please. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you. And look what uh, Mike Ham wrote in the comments. He wrote, how many other places, let alone online events, can you get a collection of amazing people like this? Thanks for pointing that out. All right, moving right along, we have Steve Werner. Sir, it's all yours. So much, Josh. David, thank you for taking a moment to listen to me. Um, who in here has been on a webinar in the last six months? Who in here has fallen asleep on a webinar in the last six months? You've done something else. You've been on Facebook, you got bored, you turned off your camera, you got up and you left. I help people stop that. Seven years ago, I left my corporate job to go run live events. I'd gone to a Tony Robbins event. I saw a picture of him up on stage and I was like, that's going to be me. I quit my job. I moved to Las Vegas. I failed at my first live event, but through perseverance, I figured out how to hold live events. In 2017, I quit holding my own live events and I started helping 
other entrepreneurs hold their own live events. But what I found that they really needed was to learn how to speak and sell from stage. Uh, they had this great knowledge in their head, right? They had a burning desire to do more, to be more, and to help serve people, but they had a hard time getting their message out. Uh, 2017 to 2019, I helped 18 entrepreneurs hold live events with more than $10 million in sales from the stage. When COVID happened though, I had to pivot. I thought it was all gonna blow over. So I went and bought an ice cream machine. I started eating ice cream, hanging out, and then I realized it wasn't going anywhere. I thought really hard about what I could do. And I had somebody who needed help with their webinar. I helped them craft a sales message that was not salesy. It used story to sell. And in the last eight months, we've been able to do over $1 million in sales across 14 different clients. What I'm here to ask you for, David, is to get my message out. I'm used to speaking on stage to get clients and I need help getting in front of people. I have a one-on-one 12 week program where we will craft everything from scratch for them. I also have a free challenge where we work on their hero's journey story. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, nice. That was unrehearsed, just so you know. I didn't know I was gonna be doing this today. <laughs> well, you nailed the clock. It just shows you how, if you know uh, the components of what you're doing, um, and I can't give extra weight for being unrehearsed because it is what it is. I should almost take off points for not caring enough to rehearse to see David Melton. No, I'm kidding. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. I, you know, what a nice job of telling a story, you know, and to tell your story that had emotional attachment, credibility with the numbers that were attached. It was a great example to a lot of you that, you know, may not have been able to attach the numbers, uh, whether you had them or not, to understand the business very clearly, the ask. Um, it had so many different, um, I think, components of credibility, emotional attachment, uh, you know, the ice, when people talk about emotional attachment, the ice cream story is a perfect example, has nothing to do with his business, but uh, this is an emotional attachment piece. It's a really clever thing to do uh, because believe it or not, we have an emotional intelligence and it takes you to a feeling. Uh, sitting at home eating ice cream made me feel differently about, uh, you know, Steve. And so uh, that was really, I thought, clever and, and people should utilize that. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I would do better because it was just so clear and concise. It just, once again, is telling me that everyone better apply, uh, because if, uh, if I could pick everyone, I would, um, you know, this is just one of those things. I can't, I can't tell you any, anything I do different than practice more and use technology to enhance what you said, but for two minutes, you ended right at two minutes and you quantified what and how this works. Those are good numbers and they're only going to grow. One thing you could have talked on is the market size and growth of not only being able to use your system for the webinars that are exponentially growing, but also when you get back into live events and how, you know, this complimentary webinar to live events, that would be something that I would suggest. I always like to give some bigger and farther reach. So that's the only improvement that I would have for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Great job. I'm going to deduct points for not preparing them. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, we're going to round out the list. Our final contestant uh, of the day here is Luis and Luis, the biz bros. Gentlemen, it's yours. 
All right. Ha First of all, David, thank you for the opportunity. Who in here has heard Gary Vaynerchuk says that every company right now should be a media company, right? We heard the same thing about five years ago when we started our business. Everybody was saying, publish, publish, publish. We live in this attention economy, the creator's economy, right? And for us, it was extremely difficult to publish just like they were doing. We were trying to copy them. So when we were trying to create content, we weren't serving our clients. And we were when we were serving our clients, we couldn't actually create all this content. So what happened is that we set out to create a process, right? Create a system that would allow us to maximize our efforts. And then we were like, wow, what if we can actually serve people with this? What if we can actually help others impact more people and actually serve their clients while we help them with their content. And that's how content momentum started. And it's just like this real estate company that we helped. It's a $200 million company that we helped their CMO was spending 80 hours a month trying to create content. And we went there and we helped him turn that into four hours a month. And now he had 76 hours for the rest of the month to actually serve his client base. That is, so for us, David, we create a content momentum, which is this process that help maximize people's efforts so they can actually focus in their business because we understand that content creates opportunities. Content builds relationships and content helps build your business. So our ask for you today, David, is first, do you know of anybody that can help us take content momentum to the next level? And number two is for you to give us an opportunity to serve you for three months and then determine if you want to be a partner in Content Momentum. Thank you. <laughs> so I couldn't wow. see the clock. Where, where did that end, Josh? Zero. On the clock? Zero. Zero. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't see it. So I just to be fair, that that's awesome. Yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, job on the quantification side of things. I thought you took a whole bunch of different numbers and put it into context. That's what I call uh, a, a, a reasons, impacts, and capability analysis of the 74 hours of time of an executive. And that creates some serious quantifiable value. And I think a lot of people could narrow their pitches down utilizing uh, that effect. Uh, your ask was great. Um, I, you know, would be more than happy to look further. So you stimulated my interest in, you know, offering me something free. You know, that's a always a nice thing as well. You know, if it's free, it's me. That's for sure. So uh, would love to learn more about the, the business itself. The areas of improvement, I think is to indicate on what exactly you do on the content side. So I think a very quick list of, you know, we curate the content, we shoot the content, we edit the content, we do captions, we format the content. Uh, two of the things that I would talk about just as advice uh, is what I call the stage theory, right? Here's the problem with most executives. They don't know how to capture all the interesting shit they're doing. They don't know how to modify it. It takes way too much time and they get ripped off on how much money it, talk, it takes. They don't know how to amplify it. The biggest thieves in the world are these digital marketers that pretend to know what they're talking about when if you know math, it would be actually impossible to guarantee that any piece of content that Dave Meltzer or Gary Vaynerchuk posts would be successful because of some marketing or advertising campaign 
because there's billions of different variables and there's no reason, rhyme or purpose for something working or not working better or worse than each other. And the only ways to determine that is through testing and we don't have time to test. And therefore, as your media partner, we'll be able to facilitate the testing to give you the highest statistical success. And then, you know, another area that you guys help with is perpetuation of content. You know, it's one thing for an executive as it becomes more and more important as Gary Vaynerchuk and Dave Meltzer say to build your own brand, to be able to have a low point of entry or access to billions of people that will create an annuity or a legacy for you, but it's perpetual. Let us help you create it, that annuity. Uh, and I think articulating, you know, that stage theory is what you guys do. And you could do that in a little bit more clear and concise way. But the strength of that pitch uh, was the ask to me and the ability to put a quantifiable value to what you do. Maybe because I'm in the space and I'm an executive, it really hit home. But you guys did a really, really nice job of doing that. And I like the shirts as well. Uh, that's <laughs> utilizing, uh, you know, everything you got in the video context. So uh, I want to thank you guys for making this one of the most difficult uh, decisions. I wish all of my episodes were this difficult. Sometimes <laughs> we're not. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I wish at least one of you would have sucked so it would be at least entertaining. I can so, go if you want. <laughs> so with that, sadly, we have about five or six minutes until the end of the road here for this very moment. But um, I know we started saying somebody is going to win a spot. But also, uh, I think there's another surprise that there's, I don't know to call a runner up, but there's an additional uh, win that we can give. Maybe we award that one first and then the winner. What is this additional win we're uh, surprising everybody with? Yeah, additional win. I, I Was have it? no idea. Great. Well, I'll tell you what Jake and I discussed. Jake, you're here. You could back me up. I'm illu um, I illuminate like you guys. I have no effing clue what Jake promised, but I will deliver. Of course, like you always do. It was uh, a spot on your IG live show. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, please. In fact, I'm going to do two extra because this group's too powerful. I don't want to waste the content. So I'll do uh, the third, third place. We'll get the IG live. Second place will get office hours, which is also turning into a TV show in October. So you'll get to be on office hours, which has huge distribution. Uh, and then uh, the winner will be able to come on the TV show. And then everyone better apply for my show, even if you didn't pitch. So, Larry, I'm looking for your video coming up. Um, oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jake, for making this so easy because it was oh, killing me not to be able to give more people more opportunities. You're too um, kind, sir. You guys are, are great. Uh, so for third, I uh, and it's so close between all seven of you. So yeah. please apply if you didn't get it. Um, so for third place, um, Sally uh, is our IG Live winner. Tremendous. Sally! Yeah. And I'm going to put this into context of my three winners. Please it was go. very close between everyone, but these three winners, everybody's a winner, but these three winners, it's like, if you guys know speed skating, Apollo Ono is a good friend of mine and there's more depression caused by speed skaters because they train for literally their lifetime and they could lose by 0 0.0001 second. 
and, and it's between gold and silver. Uh, and go and look up. It's one of the, the, the most like intense things, these speed skaters. <laughs> like I joked around, if I could skate, I probably would have won because look at that nose. I would have beat him yeah. by that point one. <laughs> Finally, I found something that would help me. Uh, but anyway, uh, you Sally, you lost, by, you lost by my nose. So congratulations. <laughs> have you ever seen that Jerry Seinfeld bit? He has the, a very similar bit about uh, horse racing, like the, the photo finish between yeah. gold and silver. He's like, it's this and it's this. It's this, it's this, this, this. Yeah, that's right? it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's this pitch competition. It's this and this. <laughs> yeah, literally. So. <laughs> Wonderful analogy. So Sally, third place. Keep it going. That's awesome. At second place by even less than a nose, uh, Steve. Uh, you should have oh. never said you didn't. You should have never said you didn't prepare because I think if you didn't tell me that was off the top of your head, it would have been even a closer race. So congratulations, oh, wow. uh, very good. You come on office hours, please. Both of you, everyone, please apply for the show. I have no rules against all of you making my show. I need seventy-two contestants. Yeah. So I have no rules. Is- you guys are great. So please. Wow. Um, and then finally, uh, the winner by a nose, not even my nose, some small, cute nose, uh, Julie. Uh, oh, I, 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 I have to tell you what edged, what edged it out is very few people can carry the 120 energy uh, and okay. with the, the quantification that she had as well. Um, I just was blown away. Uh, but everyone else that I didn't mention, the biz bros, Chaz, Josh, Amber, you please, I'm telling you, you have such a good chance to make the show. Of course, my second and third place winners, you guys have a great chance of making it. Uh, if you, you know, our first season was a pilot season. We have a lot of improvements to make. If you do watch Two Minute Drill, you'll see that you're just as good, uh, if not better than every single winner on there. And that's the winner of the episode. I'm not talking about just the companies that make the show, because sometimes we just have to choose, you know, entertaining pitches, etc. Yeah. But Put yourself against any of my winners, uh, all seven of you that I've seen, you'll have the confidence to try out. So thank you so much. Could we just get a quick feedback, Julie? You're beaming. What do you have to say here? Oh, it never has felt so good to be so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you forget, like you forget, like the pandemic has had some of us be really, really uncomfortable, but um, it's been a while, like this time and last time, it's been a while since I've been this uncomfortably, like feeling so thank you so much david and man anything uh like so the office hours that's just for a second huh yeah (laughs) well we'll we'll talk if anyone wants to 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 come on please uh just remember everybody that fear and excitement is actually a calling from god it's an indicator fear and excitement is an indicator that you have an opportunity so an opportunity to learn and as uh sally isn't it an opportunity to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything? What do you have to say, Sally? Well, I have to give a thank you to Ashley as well as David, because I, I kind of like had walked out of the room quickly for a second when you were explaining what we could sign up to potentially do. And I was like, am I supposed to pitch? What is this? I had no idea. So I, I didn't know this was a part of today. So I was like, you know what? This, I'm doing the Shonda Rhimes year of yes like trying not to overthink things. What's the worst that can happen? But yeah, there were post-its because I literally didn't rehearse. Now I can tell you. Um, (laughs) See, Steve, see? I would have been down 
to the nanosecond had I for the record. Um, But this was really, I'm so grateful. And Ashley was really encouraging. I private messaged her. I said, I don't know. So thank you for having me. I will apply and it will be precisely two minutes, not 201, not 159. And any final words from you, Steve, the second place winner? Oh, I'm I'm in. I mean, I'm filling out the application right now. I put a post-it note together. Nice. Okay. I'll give you an extra nanosecond. <laughs> All good. Thank you so much. Amazing. David Meltzer, thank you, kind sir. You've been extraordinary. We love you. You know that. We'll see you very soon. And thanks, you're Jake Fleshner, for doing what you do. You make it all happen. We shall uh, continue this conversation. We appreciate it. Anything I can do. Remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. I'll see you all later. Thank you. We love you, David. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.